We've got a lot going on. We've got an ACC schedule for basketball. We've got football in the heat of the season. So why not open it up to the topics that you all want to talk about? It is a mailbag episode. Today we talk a Babers contract extension, the ACC basketball schedule, the center position, maybe even some food and nicknames. we got a lot to get to. It's Locked On Syracuse Thursday episode. Let's get right after it. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome into your Lockdown Syracuse Thursday episode. It's your boy OV saying thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. All right. It's Thursday. We got a lot to talk about. I was out yesterday. I apologize. Busy day, busy week. Uh, We're back into the swing of things school-wise, and yesterday caught up to me. Wasn't able to get an episode out. I will make it up in some capacity, either a Saturday morning episode or a Saturday post-game episode. I will say I am going to be at the game. uh, So probably before the game, there'll be an episode more likely than after the game, uh, just in terms of feasibility for me. But we will see. Stay on your toes. I'll keep you in the loop based on what I do for this. We've got a mailbag today. A lot of good topics. I appreciate everyone who reached out. There were a few uh, that I couldn't quite get to today, but I want to keep them in the back pocket uh, for maybe the next time. So if I tweet it out again, please ask it again. Uh, I just tried to pair up some questions that made some sense and felt the most pressing right now, whereas some macro questions maybe could be held off for a little bit longer. So thank you to everyone uh, that submitted questions. Uh, we're going to start with football, right? We're a 4-0 football team right now. It's the talk of the town. Syracuse and Clemson playing on Saturday at noon. It's exciting, right? Tickets uh, still available. Probably the most expensive game of the year at home by probably. I mean, it'll be the most expensive game of the year at home. I got great seats. I'm excited. Uh, excited to be there. Excited to see anyone. Uh, and excited to hopefully see Syracuse get to 5-0 and for back-to-back seasons. Uh, and, and knock off a Clemson team that, although record-wise is 2-2, two and two, is still a formidable opponent. We'll break that all down tomorrow uh, and, and talk you know, who this Clemson team is, the struggles that they've endured, but still how they are a quality opponent for Syracuse, plus what the Orange can do to win that game. And, of course, I'll give you a prediction heading into the weekend. But for today, we talk Dino Babers and the contract extension. Uh, and this is a topic that I thought I knew the answer to heading into the season. And, I, and I'll put this up. It's from Noah Blanchard, uh, Noah at Noah Blanchard 44 on Twitter or X. Time to talk Dino extension. Seeing as how we'll likely get nine-ish wins, would you extend Dino after the season ends if he accomplishes this feat? And if so, for how long? Noah, isn't this the question? Isn't this the the question of the year, the question of next year, whenever, you know, that decision is made? Uh, This is a question I I am positive we will revisit multiple times. 
throughout the rest of this season, in the off season, right? This is a conversation that will be a recurring and ongoing thing, right? With people that know far more about college football contract negotiations and coaching than I do. But right now I will say this. Six months ago, I thought there's not a, I don't know, snowball's chance in hell that Dino Babers does enough in my mind to demand an extension. But here we are. The 2024 recruiting class looks very strong. Two four-star recruits. Yes, they dwindle after they commit to Syracuse. That's just what recruiting sites do. Okay. It's the Syracuse effect. These are players that are absolutely outstanding. Jakari Williams, uh, Jamie Tremble, uh, and some other quality talent that's followed suit wanting to play, you know, with players of that caliber. Get to four and zero for the back-to-back years, on track to get to a bowl game, and as Noah says, on track to win eight, nine, dare I say, ten games this season. The way the schedule looks currently, with a quality recruiting class and a quality record, does he warrant an extension? And I think there are a number of questions that coincide with this. First being, who's the replacement? And you look across the college football landscape and you're looking for guys that would want to come to Syracuse. I saw tweets praising Dino that he's getting, you know, players consistently, although it, uh, albeit they're three-star guys, you know, they're guys that pan out uh, and they've had some success. And you've got a number of guys in the NFL from that three-star recruiting range that Syracuse you know, has its pick at uh, every single year or seems to, you know, encompass its its recruiting class up. Who wants to come here, right? The tweet was saying, right, this is a wasteland in central New York. And, you know, I, I feel like I can agree with that as a, a lifetime central New York member. I'm allowed to also say things about central New York, right? It's tough to recruit here. And so my question is, who's there that's better? I don't know the answer to that. There are guys in college football that can come to Syracuse as better coaches than Dino Babers, right? Syracuse football is winning. I stand by it. You can criticize me if you want. I don't think Dino Babers brings anything to the in-game coaching. He's starting to recruit. Right now, and this is me deflecting on the question temporarily, right now my question is how can we make sure that we keep the coordinators? Because the coordinators are what I deem this success from so far. Dino, props to him for bringing these guys in, right? He did the same thing, bringing in Tony White uh, and, and bringing in Robert and I. He's bringing in quality coordinators. Jason Beck, Rocky Long, fill in the shoes, if not even possibly on the brink of surpassing the shoes of those two guys that actually did a solid job in terms of you know their coordinator roles in Central New York. Dino's best attribute so far has been his ability to bring in coordinators. It has not been to retain them, and that is not necessarily a him problem. That's a money thing, right? Syracuse's priority has got to be maintaining coordinators. And I think keeping coordinators is going to be something that drives Syracuse to success uh, at a far greater rate than, than what Dino Babers can do as a coach and a decision maker. I don't like his in-game stuff. I never have. Uh, he hasn't shown me anything, even in a six-game winning streak last year, even in a four-game winning streak this year. It hasn't seemed like you know the coaching has been incredible. There's questionable decisions. There's things like that. Uh, but I will say, he's making it really hard to go elsewhere. 
and to warrant going elsewhere. I want to say this, and, and no, I'm not faulting you for asking the question by any means. I don't want to answer this question yet because I feel like a lot of the problems and a lot of the struggles that we saw uh, in terms of this contract with Dino is that Dino wins 10 games as a result of one man named Eric Dungey. Yes, it's a team. Yes, there was other talent on there. I'm not here to deny that. But Eric Dungey leads this team to a 10-win season. And the Wild Eck extension came with what I believe is overpaying and for too long. And so I want to make sure we have the whole picture this time before we decide what the fate of Dino Baber's contract is. I understand that's a vague answer, and I really did dance around the question there. I'm saying right now it's, it's hard to go elsewhere based on what we've seen through four games. We saw it happen last year, right? We were high as a kite at 6-0, and ready to do whatever it takes to see success, to extend Dino. We're good. We're good. This is okay. I don't know if you remember. I was still like pump the brakes on Dino Babers, right? We're, we're looking at in-game offensive play calling doesn't do. In-game defensive play calling doesn't do. Clock management is atrocious. Recruiting has struggled, starting to make a bump in that. All right. Pump the brakes right now. Revisit this when we see what happens uh, in the next three weeks. Uh, in the subsequent rest of conference play uh, before I can accurately make a decision here. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to see the rest of the decision before I have to lock into an answer. All right, we're going to switch to basketball on the other side of the break. Noah, thank you for getting started with that. But before this, let's chat a little bit about our friends, the official sports book of Locked On. It's FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I think I did this last Thursday. I'll give you another one this Thursday. I'm going to go first touchdown scorer today. we got Lions. We've got Packers. Uh, I think the Packers win. I'm going to say the Lions score first. Uh, so let's see. I'm pulling the app up right now. It's easy to use. It's convenient. Uh, I'm filibustering as I do this, but I only need a filibuster for about four or five seconds because of how easy it is to get here. We're going anytime. Let's go to first touchdown score and give me – oh, boy, do you think he does it this week? Let's do it. Let's go with the rookie. Let's go with Jameer Gibbs at plus 700, first touchdown. I'm going to say it's a 25-yard touchdown. I think he's going to find a gap, breakthrough, uh, and, and find pay dirt. Plus 700, come right back here. Say thanks, OV. I appreciate that. Locked on Syracuse. Tuesday, not Tuesday, wrong T, Thursday episode. We're doing a mailbag. Uh, we just talked Dino Babers in the contract, and I'm sorry I didn't give you a real answer. I don't want to give you a real answer yet, but I will talk, and I did talk, uh, my thought process on that situation as is. Our next question, we switched to basketball because yesterday uh, we got some big news and, and we talked with uh, with Gabriel Wendell, Wendell8382. This was off of YouTube. I just saw the ACC portion of our NCAA basketball schedule came out, hoping you'll share some of your early thoughts. Yes, of course. Uh, thank you for the question. Uh, I, I took a look at it and I, I missed it right when it came out yesterday, but I, I'm taking a look. Uh, and, and some of the big things to note now that we've got the full picture 
for Syracuse's schedule. And, and this is something that Mike Waters noticed. It's something a bunch of other people noticed. Uh, I feel like in the past, and maybe this is the recency of Syracuse football, and last year they had an absolute gauntlet uh, going back-to-back with Clemson and Notre Dame. This year they have that gauntlet going Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State in football. I'm looking at this conference schedule for Syracuse, and the gauntlet is relatively spread out, uh, and they don't have that back-to-back or back-to-back-to-back ordeal against the the conference's best. Uh, You look at what they play. They go Pitt to start the ACC slate. Um, Or not to – yeah, Pitt to start the ACC. Oh, no, I forgot about the early one, right? Uh, They they play the early ACC game against Virginia on the road uh, right after the ACC-SEC schedule where they have LSU. So they go to Virginia uh, in early December, and then they finish out the non-conference slate. And then Pittsburgh – uh, on December 30th, so just before New Year's Eve, will be your ACC home opener. Uh, and then you go to Duke, BC at home, to North Carolina, to Pitt, Miami at home. Miami should be a decent opponent for Syracuse, Florida State at home, NC State at home. So you get a nice trio of games uh, inside the dome. Then you go to Conti Forum in BC, you go to Wake Forest. You bring Louisville back into the Dome. Here's one to circle, February 10th. That's the Joe Girard return game to uh, the JMA Wireless Dome. Then you've got North Carolina at home, Georgia Tech on the road, NC State on the road, Notre Dame at home, Virginia Tech at home to close out your regular season at home, or not to close out your regular season, to close out your home regular season in the ACC on February 27th. Then Louisville, Clemson on the road to finish out the year. So bookending the year on the road, I'm not huge John. I think that's a bit of a tough draw for the Orange uh, to, to start your season on the road at Virginia and then to close out, uh, right, those games that matter a little bit more in terms of timing uh, where you can control your own destiny in a lot of these times. Uh, Louisville, Clemson on the road, not the greatest draw. Uh, you, you look at the dates, you know, some fun Saturday games, which is something that, you know, we've been concerned about. Um, they're not incredible Saturday games. I will say that. Uh, your Notre Dame or your North Carolina game at home is a Tuesday. That kind of sucks. Uh, you do get the Joe Girard return on a Saturday. That's fun. Uh, Louisville's on a Wednesday. Um, NC State is a Saturday game. Miami at home is a Saturday game. That'll be a big one. Uh, You're at North Carolina earlier. You're at Duke this year. Uh, You got Pitt at home on Saturday. That'll be a a winter break game, so you won't have students there. Yes, you've got more Saturday games, but I I do feel like the Saturday selection is is relatively weak this year. Uh, You know, you look at North Carolina, you look at Duke, you look at Miami, uh, you know, they're, they're not really there. You get the Miami game at home. North Carolina's a Tuesday night game. I feel like you always play or we always play North Carolina on a Monday or a Tuesday. It's always like a weird day. We never see them on a Saturday anymore. Uh, You're on the road at Duke. It's a nice spread out schedule. Uh, We'll revisit a little bit as we get closer to basketball season. Uh, But some more home games on Saturdays. That should bump attendance, uh, drive attendance back north of 20,000 per game. First time, I believe, uh, in the last like two decades that Syracuse has been uh, below 20,000 in terms of average attendance. 
your your gauntlet this year is is the the early season tournament, right? Your Maui Invitational is your gauntlet this year, where you're going to play the likes of Tennessee and then the winner or loser of Purdue or Gonzaga. Uh, and then there's a third game that could also be an incredibly tough game. That's a brutal tournament, uh, exciting tournament, fun tournament. Syracuse has had success in Maui in the past, uh, but that's a gauntlet and, and a really tough stretch. But the ACC Nice and spread out, it seems like. Uh, you got some time between your tougher games uh, to be properly prepped uh, are the holistic view of that right now. Uh, let's do a little fun one. Christina Tabone. Christina Cuse on Twitter. Need a cool nickname for JJ and Mintz. Dynamite Duel. Also a name for the three Bs. Benny, Brown, and Bell. Um Let's think. I, I did not prep an answer for this one. I will say that. So you're going to get a little inside baseball into Owen's brain here. Uh, J.J. Starling and Judah Mintz. Now, the easy one there is to make the junior Mintz, Judah Mintz comparison. But we got to add J.J. So J.J. Mintz, I don't like that. Um, the Star Mintz, Starburst and Judah Mintz, they're the candy boys, uh, the candy mans. I don't know. Uh, Right, you got the Starburst, J.J. Starling. Uh, you got Junior Mints, Judah Mints. Maybe we call them uh, the, the Candyman, Willy Wonkas. Uh, there's a new Willy Wonka coming out. Give me, let me return to that one. The three Bs. What if we call them the three Bromigos? Something like that. Uh, you got three Bs, Benny, Brown, and Bell. The three Bromigos. Uh, the Bash Brothers seems a little weak because they're not uh, really going to be. Eh, maybe you have some bigger dudes in that group. Uh, I like the three Bromigos. Fire these ones off, right? This is a good one to crowdsource. What do you guys think? And we need nicknames. JJ and Mintz, the one and two, the one-two punch, whatever you want to call them. Um, I don't know right now, uh, but let's open that one up, see what you all have on YouTube, on Twitter uh, to join the conversation. Fun question, interesting question. I don't know the answer yet, Christina. I'm sorry. Uh, next one we'll talk about. We'll go to Brenton Lancaster. This was a Twitter DM. What do we need from our centers for us to be considered top 15 next year in basketball? Would it be McLeod close to a double-double or just an 8-8 eight and eight guy that protects the rim? Uh, I look at this and I see our center this season, you know, the, the predicted starter, right, I, I would be shocked otherwise, is Naheem McLeod, the tallest man to ever play basketball at Syracuse University. Uh, I would expect him to be the starting center. But when I look at this team this year, I look at a team that's got speed, athleticism, and wants to get out and run. I see JJ. I see Judah. They're going to be able to push the tempo. One of Malik Brown's greatest attributes is actually his ability to get out and finish and move in transition, which I think adds to that conversation. They're going to want to be a team that, that pushes the pace, moves the ball around the perimeter, and McLeod, you're going to need more so on the rebounding than on the scoring train, in my opinion. McLeod is going to have games where he is scoring effectively. That's what you're going to get with a guy of that size. Uh, you're going to have games where he's going to just be able to outmatch opponents because of the size discrepancy. We're going to see those. I don't think you need him to average 12 or 13 a game. I think him averaging six to eight points. And just being an animal on the rebounds, being a presence down low, a shot blocker, a rim protector, as Bretton hints at in this, 
I think that's more than sufficient the way this team looks, right? You're going to need guys to shoot the three, right? You're going to need Bell uh, to shoot the three. You're going to need Justin Taylor to shoot the three. You're going to need JJ and Judah to elevate their three-point shooting a little bit in year two at the college level, right? Benny Williams as well, a guy that can get out and move, but also can shoot the three. If we find this season that Syracuse isn't shooting the three as effectively as they need to succeed, then I think that answer fluctuates. Right now, I say you need six to eight points a game from McLeod and eight to 10 rebounds a game from McLeod. If the three isn't what Syracuse can do, if they're not pushing the ball effectively, if they're not able to shoot the long ball, I think that number needs to be the double-double that you alluded to. Uh, And and so that is dependent uh, on the rest of the team. I would say the most likely option is you're not going to need him to score as much. You're going to be excited when he does. You're going to take it, run with it, and that'll be the game plan for a little bit more so than other days. But I don't think you need that in order to survive. Last question of the day is from the 22 Storms News or the News Storm team uh, on Twitter. What is the best kept game day food secret at the Dome? The best kept food secret on a game day for Syracuse football is to get out to the tailgates, bounce around, see what's going on, see who's cooking what. That's where you find your hidden gems. All right, people are chefing up. A little bit tougher, I will say, on Saturday with the noon game, right? You got to sort of almost brunch it. You don't really want to be putting out like the sausage, pepper, and onions maybe, the the full-on burgers. You can, no issue in a burger at 10 in the morning, no issue with an 11 a.m. sausage, pepper, and onion. Uh, But I feel like you see the most underrated best kept secrets in the tailgates uh and i was at a tailgate week one and and they brought in an outside chef to come cook have some fun uh i'm gonna scroll through my notes i wrote it down somewhere um it'll be a tough one for me to find but making me anything i wanted with the materials that they had which is incredible i got a a grilled cheese with pesto tomato and bacon Absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm running out of pages. Maybe I didn't write it down. Uh, That is a hidden gem. Let's take it inside of the dome, though, because I think my opinion here is Zilly's Bites. That's what it was. Zilly's Bites was who who did that. Uh, Outstanding. But let's go inside the dome, because right now the dome is, is pretty true to what it's got. And I'll take you through the evolution of of Owen Valentine in the Dome. I go early on. My dad uh, split season tickets with somebody for probably the first however many years, 10 or 12 years of my life, maybe 10 years of my life. Uh, And and that was the soft pretzel. I lived and died by the soft pretzel. Uh, Maybe a little little cheese dipping sauce. Uh, But the soft pretzel was, was my bread and butter. The Dome Dog, I progressed from there. Love a Dome Dog. Uh, you know, I, I live and die by the Hoffman German Frank. Okay, it's delicious. It is my thing. I, I am not a fan of the Ballpark Frank. I'm not a fan of the, of the other ones, whatever. I like a Hoffman Dog because uh, I think they get the job done. Right now, and this is a bit of a nostalgia play because, I, you know, four years at Syracuse, two years living in a dorm where you're eating at the dining hall and you would get the text from your buddies who went down earlier than you for dinner or for lunch, all caps in the group chat, tendies, tender Thursday, 
chicken tendies. We got tenders. That was the day. You were fired up, right? We're adults, right? You're 18, you're 19, you're 20 years old. You're an adult. However, something about chicken tenders in a dining hall is just everything that I wanted in that world. And so right now, my my in-dome, it's not even a secret because I feel like there aren't enough food options at the dome to really have a best kept secret. But my cream of the crop right now in terms of nostalgia, it's the chicken tenders, a little honey mustard, maybe a little barbecue sauce, whatever floats your boat, your traditional ketchup goer. Uh, I would probably go one and one with the barbecue, the honey mustard comes with the fries. Uh, so maybe you got to throw a little ketchup on the side there. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big sauce person. All right. I love sauces, blue cheese. Uh, it's not really going with a chicken tender, but I do love blue cheese. Uh, good ranch dressing, Tully's buttermilk ranch. Unbelievable. Okay. You got me going on a rant. Uh, 22 news storm team. You got me going on a rant about sauces. What's going on here? Um, I will also give credit. It's changed a little bit. But the jalapenos on the nachos, fire me up. Give me the nachos. Give me the salsa. Give me the cheese. And give me the jalapenos on there. The, the dome nachos are a staple. And, and they will live and die uh, by the dome nachos. And that's where we wrap things up today. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow, we preview Clemson. Syracuse, Clemson opening up the ACC slate. A two-and-two two Clemson Tigers squad. They're struggling. They're down on the ground. Can Syracuse? Step on their throat. We discuss that tomorrow on your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. But until then, I'm Owen Valentine. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. It's part of the pod, or the Locked On Podcast Network. Be kind. Make somebody smile today. Do the right thing. Be a good person. It's your boy, OV. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.